No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Joining us, Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Hope you had a lovely couple of days, because I certainly did. As always, so much to get through, so little time. Tonight's recommended drink, cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Always been APM. Always been. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to teach me how to funk, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. Today is going to be one of those shows where it might be a little bit depressing at times. I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to preempt anything. I don't. I kind of want you to just go on this journey with me. But I can tell you, looking at the tabs that I have open here on this side of the screen and looking at the titles of said tabs, it may be one where we have to look within ourselves, hold hands and get through this. We might have to just grin and bear it. But thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Before we get into any of what could be determined to be depressing content, hopefully not so because, you know, you've got to laugh at these things. You know, being sad about things doesn't make them go away. It doesn't make it any easier to deal with. Sometimes you've just got to go, well, that's the way it is, and move the fuck on. So that's what we try to do here on this show. Thank you for joining us. So I want to start, like, with something a little bit different, if I can. Um, I was logged into YouTube before, and I very rarely, like, use the homepage in YouTube. I just type in, like, into the search bar the channels that I want to look at. I don't really subscribe to many. I probably should change it. It's just the way I've always done it. But I am subscribed to a few channels on YouTube. And this came across my feed. There's a little bit of age on it. It's from January 10, 2020. Uh, This is Mark Rabia. Played a couple of his clips on the show before. I'm I'm sure most of you know him. But if you don't know him, I guess the best way to describe him would be like an improv musician, if that makes sense. Everything that he comes up with on stage and is recorded he, he does these live streams he just makes up the songs on the spot and he uses a technique called looping where he records one track and then plays it while he records the next one and builds on top of it and so on and so forth and up until now like he was just about to take off before covid hit and then everything kind of ground to a halt you know obviously you can't travel you can't play gigs you can't tour yada 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 kind of puts a chink in the armor throws a spanner in the works so i don't know why this video from january in 2020 came across my homepage. i don't know how the homepage on youtube really works i don't know how they decide what goes into your feed you know i don't it's a mystery <laughs> minister fun kimmy with a diamond let me in i'm trying to fuck yeah we played that one that's i think that's the one that kind of got him to the next level if i'm not mistaken very funny so I don't like I said I don't know why this came up from over a year ago but I watched it and I thought you know what this is why 
he's going if he's not already famous which he is this is why he's going to get even more famous because you know people say ah oh, it's kind of shitty and but i think they focus on the absurd stuff you know the joking kind of shit and just see little grabs i saw this clip it's called how to funk in two minutes and i thought well this is why he's where he is not for like the funny lyrics and shit not for the gimmicks like the the wearing of the bathrobe and dancing around in your underwear and shit. That's not why he's famous. He's famous because of this. So he's just coming up with this on the spot. So he's recording one track now. He'll put another track over the top. I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love him, but I kind of hate people who are this talented because it annoys me. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. It's like somebody showing off. Even though they're not showing off, they're just doing what they can do. I always, part of me, very small part of me, like, but maybe 1% of me is always like, you asshole. <laughs> you know, why do you have to be so good at something? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for interrupting. Let's carry on. fun with the diamond contrary to appearance he's good looking he's a good looking dude yeah i think he hams up the nerdy stuff if he probably dressed him up and took those bold frame glasses i mean bold frame glasses we are breaking our own rules here on the show by play, by even playing this and saying you know what's pretty good that's that's generally not what we do here but yeah i i tend to agree Two minutes. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Puts up no! on the screen. Tell me that you want me. 
<laughs> Go ahead, baby. There you have it. Absolutely fucking sensation. Mark Rabia. So, you know, you'll see the short clips and, like, the funny songs and the funny lyrics and all that. And that's all fucking great. Don't get me wrong. But that's not why he is where he is. He's he's where he is because he's obviously just a, a you know, a, a musical savant who can just come up with catchy shit. It's, it's incredibly hard to write a catchy song. Like, because what's catchy to you isn't necessarily catchy to anybody else. To somebody else, it's, like, boring or cliched or whatever. It's a very it's a very good talent to be able to, you know, get everybody's toe tapping without spending months and months and months trying to figure out a way to do it. It's a bizarre it's a bizarre talent. And I saw Foggy in the chat was like, okay, now I fucking hate this guy too. See what I mean? <laughs> There's a little part of you that's like, fucking son of a bitch. How does, how the hell does he do that? You know? If if he was a if he was a sportsman and he was playing for a team that you hate, you'd fucking hate him. You know what I mean? If what he was doing was a sport and he played against the local rivals, you'd curse his name until the day you die. That's that kind of thing. But anyway, utterly fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Let's get into it, shall we? One of the things that we talk about on the show often is the futility of arguing with people on Twitter. And I tweeted this out the other day, and I just thought, you know, this isn't about, oh, look at my Twitter account. This is about just a, just a nice little, neat, concise little example of what I'm talking about when I when we discuss things like the futility of having arguments on Twitter, all right? And I would never normally, you know, highlight a single tweet from anyone. Like I've said before, I never, I don't really engage a lot on Twitter. If I don't do hashtags and shit, if I think of something, I'll tweet it out. And then I kind of put the phone away again. Um, I, I seldom reply to people on Twitter. And if I do, it's it's only if I, you know, if I know them or something. And it might be one or two replies max, generally speaking. Every now and then, I got into like a long-winded thing with Cabaret and Pessy about washing pasta after you cook it. That was the biggest to and fro I've had on Twitter in 10 fucking years. You know, th- think of all the topics that we've seen over the last 10 years. Race riots, political turmoil, foreign wars, economic meltdowns, all of it. The the biggest response somebody could get out of me on Twitter was trying to argue that it's a good idea to wash pasta after you cook it. And I was like, I'm not having this. <laughs> Got to get involved in this conversation. So anyway, the futility of arguing on Twitter. And I would never normally highlight a specific tweet like this, but this one is worth it. Um... I said, I'm not covering the Chauvin trial on my show for a reason. The entire corporate media is essentially baiting everyone into predicting a verdict and unearthing racists as those who still believe in jurisprudence. Like, I would have thought that was pretty straightforward. Like, I, I don't know if I left any ram, uh, any room for any ambiguity there. If I did, then, you know, shame on me, but I, I don't think I did. Maybe somebody could tell me where I left like a question mark or a mystery or anything. I thought I was pretty, you know, straightforward. Here's here's what I mean. The entire corporate mag, because I mean, you look clip after clip, article after article. If if it's basically at the level now, if you suggest any other verdict except guilty, um, that's enough to get you into a long-winded, you know, browbeating session where people will accuse you of everything, of fake news, white supremacy 
you're a racist, uh, you're ignorant, you're stupid, stop reading. Like, uh, just that kind of, you know, debauched internet interaction, which I just don't fucking care for. I know some people love for that shit. I'm just too lazy. I'm more than, more than anything, I'm too lazy to to worry about it, you know? I just if you if you have a really strong opinion and you disagree with me on something and you go on Twitter to, to try and lure me into some kind of debate, I'll probably just like your tweet. Like as if to say I read this and I like it and then I'll move on. And you know, if you keep at it, I'll probably I'll mute you, you know, and then I'm not going to think about it anymore. Because trying to argue on Twitter is pointless, and here's why. You can say something pretty concise and obvious, like the entire corporate media is essentially baiting everyone into predicting a verdict. I don't think that's wrong. And unearthing racists as those who still believe in jurisprudence, meaning the theory of law, such as, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty, uh, there has to be defence and prosecution, not just prosecution. All of that shit, it's all entangled, it's all wrapped up in that box. So I said he will either be found guilty or fucking not. That's it. All right. So that's why I'm not talking about it on the show. And I get this reply. And this reply from this person <laughs> says, You seem to be forgetting that Chauvin ignored his training and suffocated a handcuffed man who could pose no threat. Oh. Really? You know, is, is that what it seems like? Where Where is the seam here? <laughs> What, what seeming are you referring to? Where, where is the ambiguity in this? And that's how you know that you're being baited into a dead-end conversation which is designed just to throw talking points at you. This person isn't even listening. You know, like, and I mean in a reading form. They, they haven't listened to a word I said. Just the fact that I mentioned Chauvin has started, has triggered an effect in them where escalation is the only outcome because they're not even paying attention to the words that you use. That tweet again, the entire corporate media is essentially baiting everyone into predicting a verdict and unearthing racists as those who still believe in jurisprudence. The reply, you seem to be forgetting that Chauvin ignored his training and suffocated a man who could pose no threat. Oh. <laughs> so, like I said, I never normally would highlight a response to a tweet or something like that. But on this occasion, I feel it's worth it because this person, perhaps unwittingly, has managed to both miss the point of the tweet and prove it at the same time. <laughs> that's that's rare. That doesn't really happen. Nor normally they'll normally they'll get one or the other. But the person has missed the point entirely, which I, I, I still maintain, in my opinion, is fairly obvious. They've missed the point entirely, yet proven the point to be true. <laughs> Isn't that nice? So here I am saying the entire corporate media is baiting everyone into predicting a verdict. And this person says, you seem to be forgetting that Chauvin ignored his training. Like, you know, repeating corporate media coverage of the trial, of the prosecution. You know what? I'm not going to get involved in the Derek Chauvin discussion because the corporate media is basically, you know, training people to skip the whole process and just assume the, the guilty verdict. Uh, excuse me, that's wrong. I was watching the corporate media and they said that he's definitely guilty and there's no point even discussing it. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for playing. 
Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> like I said, they missed the point and proved it at the same time. Absolutely wonderful and things like that. Sometimes the universe just aligns for you. Sometimes all the planets and all the star systems just line up and a beam of light shines upon you. That's, that's the universe giving you a peck on the cheek, saying, hey, Boogs, we're here. We love you, bro. Thanks, universe. Thank you for making it so goddamned easy. Thank you so much. There's always somebody out there, which is why I love Twitter. Uh, perhaps one of their comrades, this was floating around the other day. It's had 1.7 million views, so I don't think I'm breaking any new ground here. But this was floating around uh, footage from a protest of a young uh, freedom fighter, a truth seeker, trying to climb some corporate building. And then this happened. Now, he's being told by building security to get down. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. He's got a backpack with him, a backpack that contains, like, paint and stuff. So he's going up there to do – one can assume he's going up there to do some kind of vandalism, right? To engage in some kind of vandalistic work. I don't think he's going up there to clean the windows. I don't think he's going up there to repair the air conditioning system, right? Because you would take the elevator for that. <laughs> so – you know, certain we can make certain assumptions. Get down! Hello, human fly here. Come on! I stayed up all night dyeing my underwear. Okay. I reckon he's, he looks probably like about twenty feet off the ground now. So. Getting up there. He goes for like a little um, awning and slips and oh, down. Oh. Oh, and he's down, Bob. Let's check that out again. Let's check that out again on the Daily Boogie FM action replay. You see there, he loses grip on his uh, fingers on his right hand, Bob, and then of course. Uh, those gloves, no grips on, no rubber grips on the outside of those gloves, Bob. And then you can see the centrifugal forces force him to the ground, and oh, he takes a hit. That one is going in our Nissan hits of the week. <laughs> How will he ever recover from this, Bob? Let's see that again on the action slow mo replay. There you see there. Okay, now he you you he looks like he's got a good position, but as you can see, first of all, that right leg slips out of the grill when he hasn't got the left leg, uh, the left foot connected properly. That's great analysis there, Jim. You see off the awning, and then oh, contact, contact right there. Let's go down to the ground now for some. Uh, let's go. Let's go for special comments from our on the ground reporter Bob. Bob, what do you see down there? Oh. Special, special note. Um, because, you know, sometimes art happens by accident. Now, we discovered that he had paint in his backpack because when he landed, he obviously ruptured one of the paint uh, containers. And it's, you know, black paint starts oozing out of the backpack. In, in almost like a theatre production style 
massive injury where like blood is pouring out all over the side. It's fucking perfect. It's amazing. Like I said, sometimes the universe just aligns. Sometimes all of the star systems are in perfect fucking unison and things just happen. What are the odds that he would have landed on a paint canister, ruptured it, and then have it leak out onto the ground as though it were fake blood? I mean, it's just amazing. God, I love the world sometimes. <laughs> Let's see that one more time, Bob. And the moan. Yes, there's moaning that comes afterwards. I mean, all jokes aside there, the way he connected, I can see like a broken hip or something from something like that. People people have done a lot of damage falling from a far lesser height, like when they fall off a ladder and stuff. The amount of people who are in hospital for falling off fucking ladders is insane. Broken hips, broken legs. Broken leg if you're lucky. Broken hip if you're really unlucky, because that, that shit takes a long time. You never get over it. Once you've had a broken hip, that's it. You're kind of fucked for the rest of your life. You're going to walk around like a cripple. So, yeah, they, when they start putting, like, pins and shit into your hips, oh, God. And I reckon, yeah, look, see how he lands right on that pointy uh, point of the fucking hip there? Oh, God. It's probably not good. <laughs> it's probably not good, mate. Uh, they do. I do have sympathy for the guy because that's going to fucking sting. It'll be the last building he ever climbs, no doubt about it. But, um, you know, they do say play stupid games, win stupid prizes, don't they? The Minister of Fun didn't even get high enough to earn a Darwin Award. So, you see, like, this is below average stupidity. <laughs> it, wasn't enough, it wasn't enough to go mega viral on the internet. Had he, been, had he been wearing like a onesie or a furry outfit or something? Maybe then, maybe then other people would have cared enough to share it around. The news would have picked it up. But unfortunately, uh, you can't even report on his name because, you know, he's Antifa or Black Block or whatever. So. <laughs> Sorry. He, he, I guess he goes down on the, uh, the Black Block wall of honorary fallen heroes or something. <laughs> Look at the blood leaking. It's not blood. It's not blood. It's black paint. Okay. It's black paint. But isn't it just? It's like a fucking Alfred Hitchcock black and white movie. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it fantastic and wonderful? <laughs> Foggy in the chat. Fallen heroes. Yes. The back, EMS is coming. The back, EMS is coming. The back, EMS is coming. EMS is coming. Okay, so somebody's come in. Somebody's going to rectify it. One of the adults has stepped in. Dressed, I guess, it could have been a Friday. Looks like he's wearing smart casual. There's no tie. He's wearing a suit jacket, um, a dress shirt, suit pants, um, dress shoes. But there's no tie. So it could have been, this could be security casual Friday. Wait, they, no, no, you still have to wear the suit, but you just don't have to wear a tie in the afternoon after lunch. Oh, good. There are perks of working here, you know. <laughs> Not everybody gets this privilege when they work security. 
at some fucking corporate building. I, I don't even know what building they're doing this to. I bet it's something that's not really that important. They tend to target the ones that have the least amount of resistance. I mean, security didn't do anything to stop him. The building itself stopped him. That's a base building right there. Get the fuck off me. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like a little kid trying to ride a Rottweiler, you know? The Rottweiler just kicks him off and... Fuck off, kid. <laughs> the back EMS is coming. The back EMS is coming. Okay, step back. Let's create a perimeter here. EMS is coming. Okay. Here's the aftermath. Oh, he's... <laughs> oh. So, so, if you're listening, you can't see. Uh, one of his fellow protesters, a young woman, is kind of, uh, you know, scooched down on the ground next to him. She's holding his hand. He hasn't moved. He has not fucking moved. And it's hard to pick up what's being said here, but we'll have another try. I thought I heard, do you think you can walk? And he said, no. And then she said, so, is it broken? Something, is it broken? And he said, I don't think so. What hurts? What hurts? His hip? Ah, yeah. uh, his hip. It's his hip. <laughs> now this guy, this guy is good. Now I think this chap who comes out now wearing the face mask with the jacket on, this must be like the boss of the security team. Because he walks straight up to this guy who's lying in undeniable agony on the ground. He can barely get the words out. He hasn't moved in what's minutes now. We suspect probably, possibly a broken hip or something. He fell from 20 feet and landed on his side on the concrete. Uh, Phil uh, Winning TV saying it's crushed. The hip is crushed. Could be shattered, you know. Um, so this this chap wanders over. And just starts just starts giving him the questions, you know. What the hell were you doing? <laughs> like no sympathy, <laughs> none of this. Let's pat you on the head and make sure you're okay. Hey, what are you doing down there? What the hell were you doing? <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> what was he doing up there? <laughs> what happened? What happened? What hurts? What hurts? <laughs> what hurts? Huh? <laughs> What's hurting on you? What's hurting on you there, kiddo? Huh? You gonna be alright? Where'd you park your car? <laughs> His hip. His hip? Yeah. What were you doing? He fell. He fell from where? Uh, he fell on the He fell? No, no, no. He said he fell from where? And the girl saying he fell on his hip. What happened? Ten minutes ago, you would have been proud. Yeah, fuck yeah. Scale that building. Show them who's boss. And now with, you know, the activism laying on the ground, all of a sudden it changes from, yeah, fuck yeah, let's stand up to power. Go, uh, uh, he fell on his hip. What was he doing? Where did he fall from? He fell from, uh, he fell on his hip. Oh, he just, he just slipped over on the street. Wonderful. And I, 
I swear that the the way that the blood is like dripping off the sidewalk into the gutter, it's just fucking perfect. That is pure art, ladies and gentlemen. Pure fucking art. All right, where do we go from here? Oh, okay, we've got another we've got another little protest to bring you. Extinction Rebellion. So they're the ones who um they do like the remember the clip we played a few weeks ago of the people who were dressed up like zombies. And one of them was pretending to eat the reporter. Right? That's Extinction Rebellion. Remember the ones a couple of years ago who were getting kicked off? The, like, they were trying to stop a train in the London Underground and they got kicked off by all the all the uh, patrons there who, weren't, who just weren't fucking having it. <laughs> you know, the working class train commuters in London, probably going back to East London or something like that. You know, maybe a bit of the poorer areas. Get the fuck off here, you silly cunt. What are you doing? What are you doing, mate? You're a fucking wanker. Fucking get off it, mate. i got to get home. Can't have this fucking prick holding up the whole fucking show, mate. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and then they, so they dragged the Extinction Rebellion protesters, like the climate change protesters who were screaming, we're trying to save you from climate change. We're trying to save the earth. They dragged them off there by the ankles, kicking and streaming off the roof of the fucking truck. <laughs> Get off there, you silly wanker. <laughs> oh, memories. See, it hasn't been all bad for the last couple of years. Lou the good dude with the diamond. You fucking what, mate? You fucking what? <laughs> all right, what's all this then, eh? <laughs> so that was Extinction Rebellion. Coming face to face with the people that they're trying to save. I'm on your side, mate. And so here they are again. Apparently, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Extinction Extinction Rebellion activists smash windows of Barclays HQ, which is a bank, Barclays, with hammer and chisel. Okay. Oh, so you see the hammer and the chisel, the symbolism, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, because communism. We need communism. (laughs) Oh, they're good, aren't they? I mean, communists of a bygone era would be fucking ashamed of this lot, wouldn't they? Imagine if you could wake up a communist who maybe died in the Russian Revolution, like one of the Bolsheviks, right? One of the communists who was fighting in the mud and the snow to overthrow the Tsar. And I'm not saying that, you know, they were good, but that's what communism meant then was, you know, wearing a drab brown uniform and killing rich people and stealing and taking and repatriating and redistributing their money. You know what I mean? Getting into wars and shit was a communist thing to do. So imagine if you could wake one of the communists from like the the Russian Revolution. When was that? 1914, 15, something like that? In the early early part of the 20th century? Imagine if you could wake them right now and and they'd say, okay, where is our, our workers' movement? How is the workers' revolution coming along? And you would have to show them these obese, shrill fucking lesbians who, who use a, like a, a cheap hardware store hammer and chisel to gently crack uh, the windows of a local banking institution. Wow. Chanting things like, my vagina is not your property. They <laughs> go, okay, what the fuck happened here? Who took, who took over this? What the hell happened? Ah, oh, sorry. Stalin died. Ah, oh, right, right, right. That's what happened. And then it kind of went downhill after. Yeah, it did, yeah. What about, have we still got that Cuban fella around? Is he still there? No, he's gone to. Oh, shit. Really? That 
that's it. We put me back to sleep, comrade. <laughs> so let's have a look. Using the, the hammer and the chisel uh, on Barclays HQ. Let's have a look at this. Ah, see, you gotta you got to put a bit of fucking elbow into it, mate. This is what happens when you get girls protesting. It's like, you know, you're using a hammer and a chisel on a window. You can't just go... Eh, eh. Oh, my God, I hope I did it. It's not working. Oh. oh, my God, it's not working. One strike of the hammer should be enough on fucking... On glass with a chisel, right? One strike, just one good pop. That should make the whole... It's safety glass. It would go... No, it is. Carrier Monkey saying it's not safety glass. It is safety glass. They're just doing it so gently, like a girl. They're going, oh, is that hard? Is that hard enough? Oh. Is that? Oh, I think it's working. Oh, it's working. Yeah, smash the patriarchy. Oh. You know? <laughs> the real way we'd do it is, you know, get it nice and settled in there in that little rubber bit. And then just one good whack. Then that should shatter the window. What are what are the male communists doing? Are there any? <laughs> if they're not falling off buildings, um, you know, because they perhaps weren't training hard enough for their mountain climbing, just scaling the side of a building. Oh, okay, Spider-Man, fucking off you go. Uh, wet sandwich with a diamond. Hello, Pagey. Hello, my sweet spring chicken boobs. Well, thank you. Clack, 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 clack. Spring chicken. I'm the winter chicken now. It's winter here, though, so, to be fair. Oh, this is painful. There you go. There you go. That's a bit better. <laughs> this is so bad. I'm surprised a guy didn't... I'm surprised a guy didn't walk past at some point who's not even part of the protest and say, oh, look, just give it here, love. <laughs> give it here. Let me do it. Fucking, you're not even hitting it properly, mate. <laughs> Just give it here. <laughs> Thank you. Down, smash the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Is that it? Is that all you wanted? All right, see you later. Fucking hell, mate. Next time, just call me. You're making a fucking mess of it. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's all, it's all photo ops for these kids. It's so vapid. You know, every generation's got their protesters. Every generation's got their protesters. To steal a line from Kent Brockman, there were protests at the opening of Mozart's The Magic Flute. <laughs> and of course, Kent Brockman is a reliable source. So every generation's got them, but this is just... This isn't real. I don't know what to tell you. If you're somebody who's like, I'm, yes, Extinction Rebellion, uh, it's a pantomime. You look silly. They're wearing color, they're wearing matching face masks for fashion purposes, right? The purple and the gray. Oh, look at us. We're so, you know, we're a little team here. Um, <laughs> there's one security guard, a very cool looking black dude who looks like he belongs in a fucking 1970s funk band or something. Uh, he's just on the walkie-talkie. He's like, yeah, I don't know, man. There's these fucking bitches. These fucking bitches down here be hitting the fucking windows with chisels and shit. I don't know, man. I don't know who they is. <laughs> he's not. He's not terribly concerned with your activities. 
It's just like it's a it's a minor inconvenience for him. And then of course you can hear the camera shutters. <laughs> Henry in the chat. Why do they have Joker colors? Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> Maybe has 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 the has the talk show host already been shot in the head? If this is if we're living in a Joker movie, has that are we already in the nightmarish post scene? where, you know, the cop cars are burning and the buildings are burning down and people are riding in the streets. Holy shit, we are. Holy shit, we are. People get what they fucking deserve. We deserve this. So, you know, it's it's laughable. It's childish. It's silly. Um, they can't even, they don't even know how to use a hammer properly. Oh, yes, in case of emergency break. Oh, my God, it's so thoughtful and deep. It's terrible. It's pathetic. And as I said, the communists of days gone by would look upon this and shuffle uncomfortably in their seat and go, and, you know, somebody else from the the early 20th century would turn around to the communist president and say, are these yours? Is this your team? Uh, No, I don't think so. No, I've never met these. I've never met these comrades before in my life, sir. (laughs) I have no ownership of them. I have no idea who they are, where they're from. Just direct straight to Gulag, please. Directly to Gulag. Fight the power. Oh, look, she's got a little ball of... She's going to knit a little jumper or something there. There and you know to prove the absurdity, the utter absurdity of modern life, the complete fabrication of all reality that's presented to us in the digital world. Let me just point out to you that although the cameraman is doing their best to hide this obvious reality, uh, hide it he cannot. His skills are not that developed because you can clearly see and. Uh, assume safely from the from the sound of the camera shutters going that there are actually more journalists there to take pictures of the protesters than there are protesters. There's there's more media than there are people. I count maybe between four and six protesters, and there would have to be at least six to eight journalists there. Not journalists, just. I don't know what you call them, scavengers, <laughs> crows picking the flesh apart, uh, apart from once relevant movements, trying to revive them, to, to, to take the flesh that they've picked out of, the, out of the bones and the ligaments and the joints of a carcass on the side of the road that's rotting and infested with maggots, take it back to their little nest of like-minded little baby birds and regurgitated into their mouths in the hope that they'll spew it on their local news stories. Oh, look, another Extinction Rebellion story. Yes. Thank you, Mama Bird. Thank you. Good, good little baby bird. Now go and take your little, you know, regurgitated sinews and pieces of flesh and maggot shit and go and regurgitate that to your audience in your local community. I will. Thank you so much. Look me up. There was an incident earlier today on Twitter Incidentally, um, a local a local news outlet. Maybe I can actually let me see if I can bring it up for you. That's probably the best way to explain it. Since we're on the topic, uh, this might be of interest to people. Something I I found I found amusing. 
So why not share? Uh, down, down, down. Here we go. Here we go. Alrighty then. Let me get that up on the big screen, on the big board. Throw that up on the big board, Bob. You see there when his hip connected with the concrete. Oh my, he's going to be out for some time there, Bob. So, Breaking911 tweeted this out. I'm sure you've seen this this, this footage of this uh, apparently 11-year-old boy at the US-Mexico border crying, oh, I'm lost, they're going to kidnap me, something, blah, 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 blah. Right? It's been going around. Breaking911 tweeted this out. They dumped me and I don't know where they are. Heartbreaking video shows sobbing boy abandoned by smugglers at the US-Mexico border. Now, WTVC News Channel which is apparently a local ABC affiliate in Chattanooga. Right. Chattanooga News. Why not? They were tagged in this and they replied, thanks, we don't consider this account to be a credible news source, a news outlet, but we'll keep an eye out for this story. (laughs) To which somebody replied... Is this good enough? And they played a World News Tonight, ABC World News Tonight clip. And this Chattanooga News Channel replied, yes, thank you. So so they've been added in a story from Breaking 911 and they've replied, um, sorry, sweaty, we don't think that this, this news outlet is, has any credibility. Fuck you. So too bad, so sad. And then somebody else replied, well, how about this ABC clip about it then? And they're like, yes, thank you. To which I replied, because I've said before, I've said before, like, you know, again, I've yet to have anybody argue against me. So until such time, I'm going to continue thinking that I'm on the money here. Um, You know, the, the, the modern day journalist is not the journalist of old. Anybody with any talent from communications courses and degrees, they get snapped up by PR firms. They work as in communications for the politicians themselves. And the majority of like the average media is infested with, you know, average graduates from communications degrees who whose job it is is to, you know, rewrite press releases that they get from corporations or politicians themselves. From their more gifted student counterparts. Right. They'll they'll write the press releases and the average students who get jobs at local media, they rewrite the press release just just the way it is now i'm not saying it's good in fact i think it's terrible but it's just the way it is so i replied to them after this little interaction and i said fearless media waiting for someone with more clout to report something so you know you're safe to copy them i smell a pulitzer and i didn't get a reply i don't know why they didn't reply to me it's not fair it's just not fair What were we doing? We were doing Extinction Rebellion. We've got some more media stuff to carry on with after the break. And my bag's just behind the pillar here. Yeah, if you could just go and pick my flag up. (laughs) Hey? I mean, look at where we are now. So... You know, the awful fascist police who are just trying to wipe out uh, the freedom of the protesters and stuff. After doing this little stunt where more media turned up to the actu- than the actual protesters, the police eventually show up and whilst they're handcuffing them, 
the, the polite exchange between the protester and the police officer is, and if you could just, by the way, my flag is just over there beside the, behind the pillar. And the cop is like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll go and collect your things for you, young lady. Now, if you'd like to come with me, let's go and have a little chat, shall we? <laughs> oh, the fascism, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's all a scam. It's all a scam. It's all a LARP. It's all a scam. It's all for show. It's it's absurd. And I'm I'm not saying that it's fake. I'm saying just how absurd it is when you really pick apart the interactions and the actions and see them for what they are. The, the, the way we hyper-focus on these things and hyper-magnify them to make them out as, as it's, it's just as bad as like, you know, <laughs> It's just as bad as the the revolution of the early 20th century. They're nothing like it. Communists of age, communists of old would look at this and fucking, you know, shake their head with disbelief to see how bad it's gotten. <laughs> anyway, with that, we're going to take a quick five-minute break here on the Wednesday night edition of The Daily Boogie. So much more coming up afterwards, so stick around for five. We'll see you soon. times using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later irrational times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level new songs and sketches every week so check it out Idiot boogie bump. Idiot boogie bump. Idiot boogie. Really giving that one a workout? Come on. <laughs> Dlive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near to wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights. 
beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by The Speakeasy with all of your favorite patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, Y Censor, defectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee evening, some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. Well, why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Campy old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say. And people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. Right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie pop it tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. America is a divided country. Corrupt politicians bought and paid for by hypersized corporate conglomerates on one side, and emotionally manipulated mindless automatons pushing you into their arms on the other. But what if I told you there was another choice? That we could end all of this in an instant. Hi, I'm Major Tom, and I want to be your president. My comprehensive Nuke America Now campaign is proven, bipartisan, and effective. Unlike all those other people offering you false platitudes about change and togetherness, I make you only one simple campaign promise. 
If elected, after a week-long rager to celebrate the greatest country ever known, I'll turn America's entire nuclear arsenal in on itself, and we'll make sure America goes out on top and on our own terms. The time to pretend that this country is fixable is over. It's time to elect a leader that understands our situation. So remember, vote MT2024, and let's finally give this joke the punchline it deserves. Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to announce here on the show that our official endorsement, our official endorsement for the 2024 presidential election of the United States is Major Tom, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's early days, I know it's early days, but we are in with Major Tom all the way. Let me put that link in the chat for you. If you want to share this around and spread the word, let everybody know that there's another way. Let everybody know that there's a third option, ladies and gentlemen. Major Tom 2024. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Second half of the program. So much more to get into it. Uh, I was going to go a certain way, but you know what? Maybe we'll go this way instead. Since a line in that Major Tom campaign commercial made me think of it. Uh, you know, actually, no, we'll stick with the original plan. Fuck it. Straight back into it. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow our friends as well. Uh, Coffee Talk with Sandra might be on now. I think Irrational Times. Everybody's favourite lover of French women later, perhaps. I'm not sure who's going to be around. But people will be around. Follow all of our friends, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, all right. Let's do this one first. So, as you know, it's been a little bit difficult for some time for no the word heroes is thrown around far too liberally these days but the heroes in the corporate media ladies and gentlemen who you know really exist to bring us truth and light expose the awful things in the world and help us get to a place where we can all agree on what's real and what isn't and you know without them where really where would we be uh, as a society, as a civilization, as a, as a news-consuming public, how how poorly informed would we be if they were to cease to exist or, you know, if they didn't exist, we'd have to invent them, putting it that way. So it has been, though, to be fair, it's been slim pickings for many people in the corporate media because of the change of leadership. Uh, I've retweeted Chris Hayes before. I, I keep track of Chris Hayes' Twitter account. Uh, Chris Hayes is a host on MSNBC. He does a podcast as well. And I, he he mentions Trump at least once a day. At least once a day. And has been, you know, sometimes sometimes more than once a day. Sometimes two or three. And that could be in a retweet or something as well. But generally speaking, uh, Christopher Hayes, a host on MSNBC, he, he I think he's compelled to mention Trump at least. There has to be a Trump tweet. Sometimes it's like 4.30 in the morning so that, you know, he's woken up thinking about Donald Trump. Thinking straight away. First thing he thinks about is Trump. So sometimes there's a tweet about Trump earlier in the day. Sometimes there's a tweet about Trump like later in the afternoon, maybe five o'clock in the afternoon. You've just finished a hard day's work, what have you. Sitting back, relaxing, maybe with a nice cup of tea or something. Mm, you know what? Remember when, that, when Trump did that thing? Yes, I do, Chris. I'm going to tweet that out. So he's he's just one example. And I always find it amusing. I just check his Twitter page just once a day. 
once a day and I'm like, okay, where's the Trump mention today? <laughs> and there it is. You know, this is all because this is all because of Donald Trump. You know, he's anti-Asian hate. He really caused it. Okay, good. Got got my Trump tweet for today. Thank you, Mr. Hayes, for keeping me informed. So a lot of them are, are suffering like a kind of withdrawal, I think. Because there they had a ready-made content cash cow just waiting to be milked at any opportunity, in their opinion. You know, they they lamented the fact that Donald Trump was on Twitter. They would they would have these open arguments and discussions in the corporate press. Do you remember? Oh, we need to get rid of him off Twitter. We shouldn't be covering his speeches. A lot of the times they didn't. We shouldn't be covering his speeches. Everything he says is a lie, so what's the point of even reporting on it? Yet at the same time, they would have this discussion and then, you know, breaking news. Uh, coming up after the break, why Donald Trump's tweets are very dangerous and we all need to pay attention to them. So it was a constant good cop, bad cop routine that they were inflicting on their, you know, poor and wretched audience. You just don't know any better, I guess. Um, but now this is this is now, you know, this is accelerated now. It's no longer something that you have to suffer in silence with. It's We've now got to the stage of group therapy for this condition. This post-Trump world, this post-Trump life. You know, is it every... Be, it, the phrase, be careful what, you're, what you wish for, springs to mind, doesn't it? Be careful what you wish for. So it's now entered the group therapy stage of the, the coping mechanism, I guess, of corporate media. Uh, I thought this clip was absolutely fantastic. Jim Acosta joining Brian Stelter and some woman. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know who it is. That was very rude, though, wasn't it? I apologize. And another guest. How about that? Jim Acosta, Brian Stelter, and another guest talking about uh, what life is like in the corporate media for quote-unquote journalists in the post-Trump era. This is fascinating. Hey, I'd love to hear from both of you how D.C. journalists are adjusting to the Biden era. Jim, this is your first weekend. Well, I, I know how they're adjusting to the Biden era. <laughs> How about how about we do uh, how about we do a whole weekend of talking nothing about uh, talking about nothing except how awesome Joe Biden's dog is? Why don't we do that? Yeah, sounds like a great idea, sir. Johnson, get in here. Johnson, what are you working on? Uh, well, actually, sir, I'm working on uh, how trade tariffs in the future with China under a Biden administration you know, the possible outcomes of future talks and where that leaves our steel working industries and our unions and stuff. No, Johnson, put all that to one side. I want half a dozen stories about why Joe Biden's dog is amazing on my desk by the morning. Sir? Yes, I'm telling you, this is what people want to read about. This is what people want to see. Let's talk about Major. Did anybody see the fucking... Did anybody see the Easter Bunny make an appearance at the White House? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Let me see if I can pull this one up. Because we're talking, how, how are journalists adjusting in the Joe Biden era, I hear you ask? Fantastic question. Uh, <laughs> I've got to look. I should have saved it, but I've got to look for it. Shouldn't, shouldn't take but a moment. Corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking. Just a moment. Okay. Okay, here we go. Now, <laughs> we'll get back. We'll get back to Jim and Brian momentarily. 
uh, in the meantime, I want you to enjoy. Now, I know Easter was, you know, last weekend, and that's fine. Uh, but really, is there ever, can we ever put a, a time limit on fun and happiness and good times? I don't think we can. So it's worth dredging it up out of the sewer. Let's have a look. Uh, all right. So we have a special guest. I will say that we know that this is one of the events where people get to take their children, family members, friends to, and it's not quite the same. We'll do a big one next year, but we still wanted to have a visitor and some special commemorative Easter eggs for all of you from, um, from the president and the first lady. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see somebody dressed in a, an Easter bunny suit. Yeah, I know, a bit on screen. I was a bit late. Sorry. Well, we're back now. Uh, somebody dressed in a life-size full Easter bunny suit wanders in to the White House press corps and, you know, starts dancing around. <laughs> starts dancing around like a mascot would, I guess. And, uh... <laughs> and he... The, the thing that gets me is not, you know, because we were talking about this is all just make-believe now. Life in this modern world, the, the reality that's presented to you is just make-believe, fun-time fantasy world, constantly. So you may as well enjoy the ride. And so, so this person, for whatever reason, walks in with a fucking Easter Bunny outfit and starts dancing around in a gay fashion, gleeful and gay. <laughs> and the thing that gets me is not the absurdity of that image. The thing that gets me the most is the reaction from the journalists who are like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't know, man. If I was in there, I'd, I'd kind of, I, I feel like I would look around at everybody else going, yay, and like that kind of weird little fake laugh. I feel like I'd be in there and I'd go, what the fuck's wrong with everybody? <laughs> What's wrong with you? What are we, fucking five-year-olds? What is this shit, man? Hey, I, hey, I've got a, I've got a question about nuclear pro proliferation in the Middle East. Forget about that. Where do you think Mr. Bunny hid the Easter eggs? Now I want all of you to look under your chair, and I think you'll find a special present. Yay! Oh my God, it's so special! <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing here? Genuine, que serious question. I mean, as somebody like I, like I've said before, man. As somebody who's known, like, in my own social circle as annoyingly the person who was talking about, like, the stupefaction to make up a word of corporate media, you know, various things that we just accept as reality now, like, you know, oppression in sports teams and whatnot, right? Smart meters, facial recognition. As someone who's annoyingly known in the social circle as, oh, there, there goes that boogs again, talking about that shit. I mean, <laughs> what, what, how, how far do we have to go to get to the rest of you? At what point? You're, you're <laughs> a dancing, a dancing bunny in the press corps room, dancing around in a happy little fashion, and and journalists go, oh my god, yay! That's not enough. I, I don't. 
That's not enough to get you on the same page. You're still like, no, this is a responsible industry. <laughs> These are hardworking, responsible truth seekers. Oh. <laughs> Look at the Easter Bunny. Look at Easter Bunny. Yay. <laughs> Fuck it. Get out of here. Fuck's going on, mate. What are we doing? <laughs> One more time. Uh, all right. All right. So let's we have a special guest. I will say that we know that this is one of the events where people get to take their children, family members, friends to. Yeah, and it's very It's nice. not quite the same. We'll do a big one next year, but we yep. still wanted to have a visitor and some special commemorative Easter eggs for all of you from. Yeah, they, they are giving them eggs. They are giving it. I was joking. I was joking. I swear to God, I was joking. Well, you look under your chair, there's a special present just for you. They did it! <laughs> they actually fucking did it! The mad woman did it! Wow. Free candy. I, I knew there were perks to working in the White House press corps. Yay, I got free chocolate today. <laughs> Look, give me a break. This is, Amberlina in the chat, this is terrifying. Uh, terrifying. I mean, these people run the car. It's not terrifying. Uh, this is amazing. This is wonderful. This is wonderful because years from now, you'll be able to point to things like this. You know, when the younger generation, when the kids of today who are just getting born today, when they grow up, you know, in the dystopian hellhole that they'll call home, you'll be able to point to incidents like these and say, no, do you remember when they trotted out somebody in a bunny suit to hand Easter eggs out to the reporters at a press conference at the fucking White House? <laughs> You'll be able to point to incidents like these and go, yep, that's pretty much, that's when everybody stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> we got the Easter eggs. Oh, thank you for the presents. <laughs> Hard-hitting truth. Democracy dies in darkness. And also this delicious dark chocolate. And some special commemorative Easter eggs for all mm. of you from, um, a special, from the press. A, a commemorative Easter egg. Does that mean I have to keep it until it rots? <laughs> Does that mean I have to keep it until it becomes garbage? <laughs> How does one have a commemorative chocolate? How do you expect me to hang on to this for 50 years? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you just, you put it up on the mantelpiece. You come home one day in summer and it's just melted in a pool. Oh no. My commemorative Easter egg. That's when my friend Jen Saki or Sakai or whatever you fucking say her name. The woman with a Japanese sounding name who is clearly not Japanese. That's <laughs> Jen Saki. Sorry. Oh, God. Well, why why not make those kinds of dumb jokes if you're going to trot somebody out in a fucking bunny suit? As far as I'm concerned, once you start trotting bunny suits out to hand out chocolate and candy to the reporters who are there, apparently, allegedly, to, you know, speak truth to power, once you start doing that, all levels of absurdity become fair and, you know, fair and usable, as far as I'm concerned. Completely fair. So why not go in there and make a fucking... See, this is what the genius of Vermin Supreme was. This is what the genius of Vermin Supreme is. 
His, his whole thing is like, no, no, let's make a mockery of the whole process because the process is a joke. I could see Vermin Supreme running as Major Tom's running mate. Let's try to get that going. It's good. I don't I don't think Major Tom has selected a vice presidential running mate yet. It's a little early for that. You want to, you know, play the field and stuff, see who's out there. I'm going to nominate Vermin Supreme as a member of the Major Tom Big Empty Party. I nominate Vermin Supreme to be the VP selection because you can have Major Tom standing there saying we're going to nuke ourselves and destroy the entire country. We're going to have a week-long party and then nuke ourselves. And then standing next to him, you can have a guy with a fucking gumboot on his head. I mean, it's perfect. perfect. Nothing, nothing. It's, it's a perfect equilibrium to the universe to have those two on the same stage. Kitty B, he selected Mersh. Ah, look, we're going to have to have a talk with Major Tom. We can do so much better than Mersh. <laughs> I mean, Mersh isn't going to show up to half of the VP fucking arrangements, right? It's not going to show up. Oh, sorry, my BMW was overheating again. Of course it was. Of course it was. So... Oh, we can't do this. We can't do this debate. Our VP is drunk again. Fuck. You know, Vermin Supreme, he's been around a while. He's going to show up. You know, he's reliable. <laughs> Follow everybody's favorite lover of French women, by the way. DLife.tv slash Nightwave Radio. Uh, I think he's on tonight, later tonight. Maybe not. Are we doing Wednesdays again now? I'm so out of the loop on everybody's shit. I don't know what's going on. I tuned into Winning TV yesterday dlive.tv slash winning tv for the first time in probably a couple of weeks because i had just haven't had the time and he's like oh it's so good that you're joining us today today we're voting on how many ruffalos and sausage you know sausage scores when we watch a sausage channel and i'm like i don't even fucking know what's going on here anymore it's like i left it's like i left for a couple of weeks to go on like a working holiday i come back and you've done redecorating knocked walls out there's all new furniture in the place i don't know where i am is this even the same fucking... Is this the same channel? the hell is going on here? So, you know, I don't know half the time what people are talking about. But Major Tom, I think we can redress this because I think we can get Vermin Supreme on board. <laughs> Nuking yourselves into non-existence, I mean, it's not that much of a ridiculous idea, is it? Okay. Let's get back to Brian. Bri Bri and Jim Acosta. In this group therapy session, we like to call a CNN panel show. Oh, Twitter video. Twitter video, you are a scourge. Hey, I'd love to hear from both of you how hey. DC journalists are adjusting to yep. the Biden era. Jim, this is your first weekend anchoring here on, on, on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. Do you feel like your rundown, your lineup is, is really different than it would have been in the Trump years? When you're asking me if I was run down, I thought you were referring to how I felt during the Trump era. Uh, no, I think that, you know, listen, uh, we're, I think we're all dealing with some post-Trump stress disorder. <laughs> I love this. I love this. I do. I'm an old man now. I don't... I'm an old man now. I really just want to, like, you know, kind of be left alone now. I know who I am, you know, and I'm, I'm sick of... I, I don't I don't want to, uh, you know, apologize for it or anything. So I'm not going to apologize. I love... This kind of shit makes me get up in the morning. It really does. 
oh, we're all dealing with some post-Trump stress disorder. I mean, it's just... <laughs> just, I don't know. You know, the word pathetic, uh, that's a great screenshot there, isn't it, too, by the way? Look at that. Love. Look at that reaction from Brian. Oh, wait, that's not Brian. That's Brian. <laughs> look at that from Brian, Brian. He's very happy. <laughs> happy Brian. A happy Brian is a productive Brian, I've found on CNN. Oh, I love this stuff. Jim, Jim, you're making my heart sing, pal. Your lineup is, is really different than it would have been in the Trump years. Yeah. When you're asking me if I was run down, I thought you were referring to how I felt during the Trump era. Uh, no, I think that, you know, listen, uh, we're, I think we're all dealing with some post-Trump stress disorder, uh, you know, other than that happy <laughs> Easter, as he was saying in those statements a few days ago. Um, listen, you know, as Annie was just saying a, a few moments ago, you know, there are questions. Because you see post-Trump stress disorder, like PTSD. Did you pick up on that? Did you guys get that one? Hope you did. I hope you got it. I hope you didn't need somebody to point that out. Press one in the chat if you needed somebody to point that out. PTSD, post-Trump stress disorder. Huh? Huh? And then uh, if you're a mod, press one in the chat, and then I want you to ban anybody who presses one in the chat. <laughs> Just get rid of them. Just toss them out. <laughs> no questions. No sympathy. None of that. Toss them out. And then, like, on their way out, if you could just hand them hand them the clip of Jen Psaki or Sakai or however you say it, uh, just hand them the clip of her introducing the Easter Bunny to the press corps whilst they're being escorted off the property. If you could just do that for me. Straight out the door. <laughs> Questions about why aren't Republicans uh, getting on board? Because you see, you had TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. And now we've got our own one here in the corporate press. We call it post-Trump stress disorder. Huh? Hey, what do you think of that? Pretty good, isn't it? Pretty fucking good, mate. Oh, they're geniuses. Jim Acosta. I think that, you know, listen, uh, we're, I think listen we're all dealing listen with here. some post-Trump stress yeah. disorder. Yeah, we are. Uh, you know, other than that happy <laughs> Easter, as he was saying in those statements a few <laughs> days ago. Fucking Kitty V. Um, listen, uh, you know. <laughs> Kitty V is already. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Fantastic. Now, can I add this as a sticker during the show? I'm going to give it a red hot crack. See if we can't add a sticker. See if we can't add this as a sticker now. While it's fresh, while it's hot. Because Kitty B has just grabbed that in a couple of seconds there. <laughs> I think I can. Hang on. Give me a moment here. I'll, I'll boomer this shit. I'll boomer my way through this shit. Don't worry. Uh, I assume the everyone's got the JJ Stoner one already, so we'll whack that one off. Okay. Now, did I save this shit? Let's save it first. Gonna boomer our way through this. Don't worry, we'll get through it. It'll be okay. We'll make it, Timmy. We'll make it to New York one day. 
Sure we will, Timmy. Sure we will. Dun, 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 dun. You can say what you want about my stream and my podcast and my show. You can insult me and my audience till the cows come home, but nobody can deny that I have the best elevator music in the business. I seek this shit out. I knows my elevator music. Brian should be in there now. Let's have a look. Come on, Brian. Maybe it's still updating. There he is. They've got him. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kitty B, ladies and gentlemen. We're now we're finally... We've, Brian should have had a sticker in this show for a long time. Brian Stelter is one of our favourites here on this program. Has been for years and years. We liked him before he was cool here on the Daily Boogie. All right. Let's, let's carry the fuck on, shall we? Thank you very much, Kitty V. As Annie was just saying a few moments ago, you know, there are questions about why aren't Republicans uh, getting on board with these Biden proposals. Yeah, uh, there were Republicans who were getting... Now, I, ca I can't imagine why one side of politics isn't supporting the other side. This is the level of, you know, journalistic fucking genius that you get with Jim Acosta. I did a video maybe three, four years ago, and you have to understand my my YouTube videos don't get many views. Just uh, YouTube has never been a platform that I've had any success on ever. You know what I mean? It's just I don't know why. It just I, I I've I've even done like I've learned about SEO. I guess I'm just I, you have to eventually you have to accept the reality. You're just not that good, <laughs> and I accept that. You're just not that popular, bro. True. Fair enough. Got to take it on board. So I did a video a few years ago. It's about an hour and a half called The Complete Deconstruction of Jim Acosta, where we go through, like, we'll analyse line by line his little crosses from the White House lawn and stuff and just prove without doubt, you know, it would be a unanimous verdict in a courtroom. We prove without doubt that Jim Acosta is not a reporter. He wears the suit... He holds the microphone, he does the live crosses, he's got the press pass. But all of those things matter not, because when you actually look at what he does, he is not a reporter. So you can find that, the complete deconstruction of Jim Acosta. Little things, right? So we talk about like editorialising, okay, a reporter's job. So the, the one of the examples I use in that clip, since we're on Acosta, is he's standing out the front of the White House and he says, there was a cloud of uncertainty over the White House. Something, it's not going to be word for word because it's a few years old, but let's say, theoretically, uh, Jim says something to the effect of, there was a cloud of uncertainty looming over the White House today 
as the president didn't want to talk about talks with Vladimir Putin. Okay. Now, he they say that Jim Acosta is a reporter. That's not reporting. If I was reporting, I would say the president declined to answer questions about the arrival of Vladimir Putin today because that's what happened, right? That's what actually happened because you're reporting... But Jim Acosta is not a reporter. He's an opinion journalist. He's a talk. He's a talk host without a talk show. He's a Sean Hannity, right? He's a he's a Tucker Carlson. He's a, an Anderson Cooper. He's a Don Lemon. He's a Chris Cuomo. But he just pretends to be a reporter. Because if you're editorializing to the point where you say it seemed as though there was a cloud of uncertainty hanging over the White, that's all opinion. That's not fact. Right? That's not reporting. He's not a reporter. So we spend like an hour and a half just breaking Jim Acosta down into his atomic subparticle elements. We break him down elementally until there is nothing left but dust. So if you want to check out that video, it's a few years old, like I said. Let's carry on here with Jim, though. He does a great job, though. He's, he's so good. Uh, you know, the way he stood up to Orange Man, it was just so inspirational. I mean, he's fucking brave, really. Uh, getting on board with these Biden proposals. Yeah. Uh, there were Republicans who were... Getting- and like I said, this, this is the level of analysis that you actually get with Jim Acosta. H- him having his little twos and fro's in the press corps, that saved his career. I'm not lying. He was nothing. After, after what, 20 years in the industry or perhaps more, he was absolutely fucking nothing before Donald Trump, and he knows it. And this is why I've said on the show before... Even the people who are strongly anti-Trump, right, in the Trump era, Pelosi, Acosta, blah, 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 blah. Whether they like it or not, their their very existence is tied to Trump forever now in history. In history. They are forever tied to him because they are defined by him. They're defined by their opposition to him. And it probably drives them fucking nuts. Because Jim knows he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Trump. Jim was able to walk away from the press room and now hosts a show, right? He's gone to the next level, all on the back of Donald Trump. Because he can point and say, oh, look, at my Twitter following went up. All of my videos get high ratings. They love me, boss. They love me. Right? Without Donald Trump, there is no Jim Acosta. And this might hurt Jim to hear it, but it's true. He knows it's true. He knows it's true deep down. He would never admit such things because uh, he also believes in his heart, I suspect, that he earns he earned this. He deserves this. I've done the hard yards. I've I've earned this position. But he hasn't. He hasn't. Because for two decades he was in the same industry and nobody even fucking would have looked at him twice before Donald Trump came around. They are tied to him. And they hate it carry on so when 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 jim acosta is now left to his own devices this is the level of analysis you get from him this is the best that he can produce twitter video is going to do its thing again because that's what it always does thank you twitter video for being so prompt and courteous hey i'd love to hear from both of you hey dc journalist hey i'd love to hear from both of you now 
We're referring to how I felt during the Trump era. Uh, no, I think that, you know, listen, uh, we're, I think we're all dealing with some post-Trump stress disorder, uh, you know, other than that happy <laughs> Easter, as he was saying in those statements a few days ago. Um, listen, you know, as Annie was just saying a, a few moments ago, you know, there are questions about why aren't Republicans uh, getting on board with these Biden proposals. Uh, there were this, this now qualifies... You know, chief, look at his title, chief domestic correspondent, right? Well, there are questions why the Republicans aren't supporting the Democrats' bills. Really? Fucking, what are you, new here? You, you didn't park in Jim's spot, did you? Oh, did you, you just, you, you must have just started yesterday. <laughs> See, I wonder why the Republicans aren't supporting the Democrats' proposals. Oh, yeah. Political analysis, Jim Acosta. See, and that's my point. Without Trump, he is nothing. He's nothing. And he knows it. He's a fraud. He's a hack. He, he's he's a complete sham of... Uh, he's not a reporter and he, he has no opinions. So he's an opinion... He's an opinion journalist masquerading a, as a reporter who doesn't report and has no opinions. <laughs> He's the chief domestic... Co- yes, patience, right. The chief. How? <laughs> this is a man of authority. This is a man who commands respect in the hallways at CNN. Figure it out. I've sailed the seven seas. I've shared the stage with all the best. lot of good it did for me. And I mean... <laughs> Now that he's out of the press corps, I I wonder if he thinks that he can just kind of coast through. Because he probably can. I mean, mediocrity is the name of the game now at corporate media. The the thing is, if you want to have a successful career at corporate media, you don't want to be too good at your job. You know why? Because if you're too good at your job, you'll be dangerous. Look at the example I gave earlier of this fucking news outlet who's waiting for somebody with more clout to report on something so they know that they're safe to copy them. This is media now. Hey, look, I've got a tip for you of a story. Look at this video. I'm sorry, we don't consider you to be a credible source. Oh, well, ABC already did a special on it. Oh, goody, yay, now we can. (laughs) You're fucking, you're pathetic. You're not journalists. I don't know what to tell you. You are not a journalist, if that's what you do. Look, somebody else spoke about it. I guess I can too. Oh. <laughs> Brave media speaking truth to power. Speaking of a brown-eyed man, my brown-eyed man. Speaking of modern journalism, ladies and uh, gentlemen, Craig Melvin, one of my favourites on MSNBC. Craig Melvin. (laughs) Coming up tonight, Donald Trump and his latest outrage on Twitter. I am Craig Melvin. I'm working on my Craig Melvin. I was lucky enough I was to lucky get my enough. first dose of the COVID vaccine. First I got it dose. live on the Today Show with yeah. my colleagues. Fuck yeah. Five, four, oh, the three, three two, two, one, one. get it! <laughs> 
Am I am I the only one that finds it kind of strange the whole yeah, fetishization of vaccinations? This is weird, isn't it? Is this weird or not? Press one in the chat if you think that this whole production, the countdown and everything is weird. Press two in the chat if you think, ah, this is normal. Tell me what you think. Am I off base here? Am I off am I off the mark? I don't know. When I watch that, I get weird chills. I get, ooh, what are they doing? <laughs> Find it bizarre. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of ones. I'm seeing a lot of ones in the chat. Kitty B with a three. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Is that both? Is this both normal and douche chill? Okay, it's a lot of ones. There you go. That's it. There you go. Yeah, I felt it go. I want to feel you deep inside me. After more than a year in this pandemic, uh-huh. I am pleased to report that the only side effect I'm feeling so far right now is joy. Joy, joy. <laughs> the only side effect is feeling good. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in a hospital in Europe, somebody who had, you know, was close to losing their life due to fucking, you know, a blood clot after getting a Somewhere in Europe, somebody was watching this live and I said, you motherfucker. <laughs> I just thank you, corporate media. You know, what I love most about the corporate media is not only do they stand up, uh, not only do they speak truth to power, not only do they treat us like adults, but they also, you know, finally, you know what they say? Finally, the adults are in charge. Finally, the adults are in charge. So, so now that the adults are in charge, I'm so happy that they give me candy at Easter and they do big countdowns and tell me how happy, happy, joy, joy it is to get a vaccine. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it fantastic? Oh my god, they're so wonderful. I love the way they love us. Some might say that I'm a loner. But I just call it being free. I mean, it's just wonderful the way that they look after us. It really is. Side effect I'm feeling so far right now is joy. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old pal, Stinky Whizzleteats. This is a song about a whale. No! This is a song about being happy. That's right. It's the happy, happy, joy, joy song. Happy, happy, joy, joy. If it is your turn to get your shot, our state-by-state guide has everything you need to help you out. Um, it'll tell you when, where to get your dose. You can also use your phone to scan that QR code that's on your screen right now. Um, and that QR code will take you right to the site as well. Or you can just uh, visit planyourvaccine.com. So grateful for the science, so grateful for the, for the scientists, for the scientists, uh, but scientists, uh, but scientists. Uh, but this morning I also did dentists. 
uh, so grateful for the science, so grateful for the, for the scientists. Uh, but this morning, I also did think long and hard about the hundreds of thousands of lives and livelihoods forever upended by a virus. That's going to do it for me this hour. Andrew Mitchell reports. We'll start after a short break. Why didn't you believe me? So maybe that doesn't convince you that vaccines are good. Maybe that's not enough to get you on board. Maybe that's not enough to get you on team vaccine. Maybe that's not enough to get you to trust the science because God knows your right-wing extremist conspiracy theorists. Unless you are a person of colour in the chat, of which I know there are a few of you. So if you are a person of colour in the chat, then I'm pleased to report that you're not an extreme right-wing conspiracy theorist. You are actually somebody who is justifiably vaccine-hesitant because the right-wing extremist uh, white people conspiracy theorists have been so mean to you for so long. So you're allowed. That's okay. But if you're a white person, specifically a Christian, incidentally, um, you're one of the bad people that we need to weed out. And so much so, actually, before we get to our next item here, I think this is worth pointing out. From the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen, of which I am a subscriber, White evangelical resistance is obstacle in vaccination effort. <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs> it's all your fault. Uh, Rhonda Reynolds in the chat. Love Aussies. Why did you give up your guns? We didn't. We didn't. I'm, I myself am a registered gun owner. I am part of a shooting club. I own a firearm. You know? There, there's a big gun culture in Australia. It's funny. Why did you give up your guns? There are more guns now in Australia than there ever has been before. So I'm sorry. Look, I was a, I was formerly a member of the NRA myself, so please understand that this isn't coming from a place of complete ignorance. But there is, and you know, I'm not singling you out, but there is, I, I do feel the need to clear this up because this is something I get very often. Um, Australians didn't quote unquote give up their guns. They, it's a complicated thing. There, there were certain restrictions placed on guns, which is bad enough. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, pro Second Amendment Americans do themselves no favors by, you know, straining to the hyperbolic and saying America, uh, you know, Australia gave up their guns because it's not accurate. It's not fair. Foggy in the chat, Michael Diamond won gold. Australian shooters are, without question, the best in the world. Like, you, you know, Foggy mentions Michael Diamond. That's one guy. Our shooters win most of, the, like, the world competitions, the fucking the, the Olympic gold medals. Our guys are the best shooters in the world. So, you know, just say I, it would be difficult for a population to contain multiple fucking world champion shooters and also have no guns. I mean, that doesn't make sense. That's like asking somebody to win a running race, uh, a running race, a running race when they don't have any legs. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) No, they are good, but I don't know about that. No, it's true. Aviation arms. It's true. Australians are the best at shooting. The best. 
the absolute best. So there's Amanda in the, in the chat. She's an Aussie. I love going to see. There's a big Australian. You can't drive through uh, the Australian outback without seeing bullet holes in all the fucking roadsides. It's just common, you know. So if you're going to use Australia as an example of what you shouldn't become, then you should at least be accurate in the way you portray the situation. That's what I'm saying. Because I see too many people saying, oh, Australia gave up their guns. It's like, well, no, you, they didn't. <laughs> now, the real enemy here is um, bureaucrats. It, it, the real enemy here is politicians using uh, certain bureaucratic means in order to uh, use regu to regulate you out of existence, right? But anyway, I digress. Now, if... Oh, sorry, Rhonda. Uh, thank God. So sorry. No, no, that's fine. I'm not having a go at you. It's just something that I get very often. And, you know, like I'm, I'm pro Second Amendment. Like I said, I was an NRA member. So I'm pro Second Amendment. Um, but when I, I get comments from well-meaning Americans sometimes who are like, oh, what the fuck do you know? Australia doesn't have any guns. And it's like, as soon as you say something or, you know, you gave up your guns, as soon as I see something like that, then I'm always like, well, I know the kind of person I'm dealing with here. <laughs> and I'm not saying you were one of those. I'm not. Thank you for joining us. Now, if the vaccination, if the story, if happy, happy, joy, joy didn't make you want to get vaccinated, perhaps this will, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a look at this. Because I know people like to say that I hate Americans. I don't hate America. I love America like America loves donuts. Which is to say a lot. A, a philosophical question that I wrestle with sometimes when I'm on my own. If I'm just driving in the car and I don't have the radio on and my, my mind wanders to thoughts of, you know, existential thoughts of what it means to be alive now as a human where we are in today's world. I think about these things often. And I think, how cheaply can somebody's soul be bought? How cheaply... How easily can we get somebody to get on board with something that they would otherwise not be in favour of? And I've talked about this in the context of like, you know, policies from government, surveillance, right? We're, we're willing to give up our freedom if somebody promises that it will keep us safe. And I thought, well, look how cheaply we're selling our freedoms away. Like, look how cheaply we're selling the concept of individual liberty. All somebody has to do is promise, hey, this will protect you. This will keep you safe. And we're, we're on board with it. Yes, thank you. Where do I sign up? You know? But I wasn't even scratching the surface. I wasn't even scratching the surface. Apparently, we can get much cheaper than that. Much cheaper. So, here we go. <laughs> Delicious as always. Krispy Kreme Donuts is making its famous glazed donut a reward for getting vaccinated. <laughs> right? How? How about that? <laughs> Thank you for the free donut. So all you have to do is, is you know, show your proof of vaccination card at uh, Krispy Kreme and a free donut is yours. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, cast your mind back 
cast your mind back to the reporters in the White House press corps being given free candy. <laughs> And people say it wouldn't be a good idea for Major Tom to have Vermin Supreme as a running partner. Look how far society has already tumbled. Look how far it's got. Look how bad it is. (laughs) The other thing I, I like to observe too is the fact that there's now this strange little orgiastic relationship between corporate media, the corporations. That one's a given. That's always been there. But now injected into the middle of that is big pharmaceuticals, yes, but also activism. Activism. I have a great deal of trouble trying to explain to activists who are active in 2021 that they are, in fact, you know, being activists on behalf of global corporations and pharmaceutical companies. No, 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 no. See, we a, a great a great swindle has occurred over the last twenty years, and I believe this to be true. A great swindle has occurred where conspiracy theorism has been hijacked, or just read not even hijacked. Maybe that's too hyperbolic a term. It's been redirected, and. To be anti-conspiracy theorists now, right? Well, not even that. To be... The cons- the conspiracy is the conspiracy theorists themselves. To be on the side of truth and, you know, justice and equality and a fair go is, in the minds of some people, to be on the side of mega corporations, governments, and pharmaceutical companies. This is what they believe. They believe they're on they're on the side of, you know, we're on the right side of history. And they're on the side of the mega corporation. I mean, the activists have now recruited the mega corporations. And the best that the, you know, the conservative right wing, big business style, neoconish type uh, politicians can do in the Western world now is beg their donors to go easy on them. So they'll they'll start conforming to all of the political correctness, they'll start conforming to all of the things. There'll be the occasional little fight back put up over some topic that has no real bearing on anything real in society whatsoever. You know, like what hole somebody should piss in, for example. That'll They'll turn that into a hill to die on and you'll lose a bunch of troops and then the next day everything just carries on. And now you have like, you know, all of these mega corporations backing um, social justice policies and so it's... It's an orgiastic relationship. Every Nobody even knows who's in what hole. It's a dark room and they're all fucking each other. Let's carry on. Delicious as always. Krispy Kreme Donuts is making its famous glazed donut a reward for getting vaccinated. We decided we would give everyone <laughs> a free donut any day, uh, every day if they want, between now and the end of the year. The other thing Just- too is the corporations, see the corporations are the ones fucking the activists though. The corporations are getting a strap on and pegging you because the corporations, they, your outrage is now predictable. The media response to outrage is now predictable. And smart marketing people and PR people are now leveraging your predictable outrage against their products to make money.
Krispy Kreme knew, Krispy Kreme knew that in the current air of, you know, debate about vaccinations and stuff and accusing everybody of being conspiracy theory, they knew that if they just gave one free donut away to everybody who proves they've been vaccinated, most people are not going to go and go and go and get a free donut, right? And the cost of giving away a free donut to those who show up is going to be worth it tenfold with all of the coverage that they get and people then coming in and buying more donuts because they're in a Krispy Kreme. See, your predictable, you know, the way that you'll pump people up, the virtue signaling fucking cheer squad, you have become predictable because you're also the outrage crew. They know what you're going to do before you know what you're going to do because it's infested, like I said, with very average communications graduates. And all of the smart ones work directly for the companies like Krispy Kreme, writing the press releases that the reporters at Inside Edition later report on thinking that they're coming up with it themselves, but they're not. For showing us their vaccination card. That's right. If vaccinated, you can get a free donut every day until the end of the year. Yeah. Those who are vaccinated and can enjoy a donut are delighted. But the donut <laughs> chain is also getting slammed by some who say really? it's promoting obesity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's promoting obesity. <laughs> and that's a wonderful lesson. That's a wonderful lesson because it, the lesson is, yeah, yeah, you're listening? Are you listening out there? The lesson is you cannot fucking win. You cannot fucking win. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pure, that's real justice right there. Hey, how about this for a PR marketing stunt? Why don't we give everybody who's been vaccinated a free donut every day for the rest of the year? Great idea. Who could possibly have a problem with this? I know. Fat people. What? <laughs> yeah. They say that you're promoting obesity. Promoting obesity. <laughs> you get what you fucking deserve. You get what you deserve. There is no winning here. There is no way that anybody gets out of this alive. There is no way that anybody's reputation is saved and secure. And and even the most even the most shamelessly PR-driven act can be met with the most shamelessly shallow analysis and thus outrage campaign. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I'll leave it there. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Don't forget to follow our friends. Uh, I'll be back on Wednesday, on Friday night with an upper, another episode. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive. Uh, until then, till Friday night at 8pm, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.